Welcome to the Smartest Amazon Seller Podcast. It's your host, uh, Scott Needham, Amazon seller. I've been uh, selling for a decade and really uh, trying to learn more, both for my business and so you guys can uh, uh, you know, do better with yours. This is, we're getting close to the end of 2022 and I've uh, been doing this podcast for three and a half years. And this, there's like stories that go up and down of like some of the cycles. I mean, we went through COVID. So like that, like sir, right there is a cycle. And I think we're going to talk a little bit about that. I have with me a Yale Kabili. She is a, a lawyer, has a law firm, and then also represents uh, uh, Fortunet, which investment thing. I was getting there. Sorry. It's just a, a brain. Well, Yale, welcome. Welcome. Thank you. Thanks very much. Thanks for having me. So uh, tell me a little bit about your background, uh, what gets you in, and uh, so we, you know, I've got a few really interesting questions that uh, I want to get from you, uh, but we'll, we'll start with uh, your background. Sure. Um, so as you said, I'm originally a lawyer, uh, a trademark lawyer. I was doing trademarks, IP, patents, um, started working with Amazon sellers in 2016, um, and I decided to start a law firm focusing on Amazon and e-commerce in general, but in particular Amazon. And since then, we represented about 6,000 sellers at the law firm. Um, in 2018, I, um, I started Fortunate with two partners, um, which is Fortunate is an investment bank and we help sellers um, selling their business. So we, we, you know, they go through the, the entire process. We hold their hand from the moment they're thinking about an exit in a year or two. Uh, we're planning the exit, uh, the strategy, when to do it, how to do it. Um, and then we go through the process with them through the competitive process until they sell the business. Yeah. Um, so, um, the story of the last three months is that like some of the biggest aggregators, uh, the ones that have raised the most money, uh, they've struggled a little bit. Mm -hmm. And so it's kind of like, um, everyone's just kind of feel like, okay, the bubble is like, is, 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 is done. Um, but I mean, there's so many businesses that deals are still going to be happening. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, uh, people are surprised to hear that that deals are still happening. Um, I think that you know, you look at from the outside. If you if you're not into it, if you're not speaking with with brokers, with bankers, or uh, or with actually with the buyers, and you're just looking at it from from the side, um, you have a feeling that that nothing is happening, that multiples are going down. You hear rumors. Um, the reality is that, you know, with good businesses, those, those that are growing, um, that are large enough, that have good margins, um, we still, you know, there are still deals happening with good multiples. Uh, one of the latest businesses that we sold had, uh, I think, 11 offers, um, which is, you know, amazing. It was amazing yeah. a year ago. It's still amazing. Um, and when you have enough competition over a certain business then then the multiple is good um so yeah still happening but, but of course some of the aggregators are not active um probably about 10 i would say that they're really not buying anything right now focusing on their operations and the others are buying but they're more more selective smarter um they have specific criteria yeah, you know, maybe they have some specialty, some categories. That's always um, it's always mm -hmm. a little bit smarter if you understand uh, a domain. Um, now, um, 
one thing that like uh, just when we were talking that interested me is that you have 20 analysts on mm -hmm. your team. What does an analyst do? Yeah, um, 23. <laughs> 23. Um, so what they do is uh, when you onboard a client, right now we have uh, we have about 42 or 43 clients. Uh, when you onboard them, most of them, I'd say the majority, yeah, the majority doesn't have full PL, detailed no. PL. No. So yeah. I mean, so, uh, I'm, even in my more organized businesses, I could poke holes in the PL. Be like, ah, oh, what about right. this? Oh, what about this? What about this? Yeah, 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 exactly. So some of them, um, many of them, and that's what I would do if you know I was a seller, not thinking about a sale. Um, many of them have software that help them understand more or less where they are. You know, you, yeah. we all know the examples. Um, but, but when it comes to really selling the business, it needs to be very so, detailed. With all interesting. The You're saying that like software, uh, that gives, that tells you your profitability. That's not the same as, uh, like, uh, a P and L, um, yeah. does this have to be done like on a QuickBooks or zero or, um. No, so so QuickBooks and Zero. There are many ways uh, to create it. Uh, QuickBooks actually gives you a good idea if you know if you're on it. The problem is that not all sellers have everything on the QuickBooks, uh, and the, that's not very organized. And if it is, it's in bulk. You don't know, you know, you can't really divide it per product per SKU. Um, the shipments, it's you know all in bulk. Um, so it's very hard to understand what the, um, what the at, net is at the end. At, at a SKU level, um, yeah. which I think is, you know, if you're telling a story, um, which we're, we're going to jump into marketing decks in a second. Mm -hmm. But like, if you're telling a story, like you do want to like highlight certain, you know, yeah. uh, profit centers. And sometimes mm -hmm. some SKUs are just like way more valuable than others. Exactly. Um, and, it's a matter of risk as well. If you're yeah. a buyer you need to know if 80% of, uh, of the income comes from, you know, from, from one uh, SKU, you need to know if one product has 10% profitability and another one has 40%. The fact that, you know, the average is 25 doesn't really help you. So um, are you building this out ultimately like in a spreadsheet or yeah. Uh, yeah, that's how you're conveying it. And we have, you know, we specifically have automations that we've we've created. Okay. Uh, and and but all you know, some of the information you need to receive from the seller, the additional expenses, uh, the, the expenses that you can't pull out from from nowhere, uh, you would need to receive them from from the seller. So one is so one big thing is creating the PL and then every month. During the deal, a deal is, you know, four months, can be five months. Yeah. You have to renew it yeah. uh, and, and update it. Yeah. So that, well, yeah. To, to get a little bit more interesting. So uh, we were looking at selling our private label business almost about a year ago mm -hmm. and worked with a broker mm -hmm. um, and he had maybe like one analyst. So very small uh, mm -hmm. team of two. We actually, we got an L, we, we, we were under LOI and uh they pulled it after about a week or two there's probably a lot of things that led into it i can point some fingers at um the the buyers didn't know like they they were kind of walking in blind and making some assumptions or whatever we weren't mm -hmm. the business that like we, we never like misrepresented our business but like yeah they, they just like thought a different story yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. and 
Um, but you guys have just operate on a much bigger scale with, mm -hmm. you know, probably doing a better job of, uh, telling, uh, an accurate story. Mm -hmm. uh, what do you think about when, um, it comes to like, you know, you finish up the, the PNL and you're not, you're not at market yet, but like you're, you're in the, you're in the storytelling process. You're building out a marketing deck. What are some like the building blocks that you look for? Um, so at the PNL or you're, you um, move to the, you're maybe, talking about the marketing part. Yes, yes, yes. yes. Yeah, yeah. So even at the PNL, by the way, there's, it, it's not bluntly about numbers and that's it. Um, when you look at the numbers and you present your, your profit, what do you include in the profit and what's an expense that should be in there and what shouldn't be there? Not all the expenses should be in there. In our industry, for example, uh, the salary of the owner, you add it back to uh, to your profit. That's not considered, you know, you don't look at really the, the bottom net. Yeah. Right now, uh, right now, you know, in, in at the end of uh, 2022, of course, buyers are always pushing to to net profit or EBITDA. And in our industry, we look at SDE, which is a kind of adjusted EBITDA. So yeah. it's an EBITDA with with a lot of addbacks. Um, I think there, there's at the end, there's a balance, a buyer, you know, at the end, they, they need to base it on, on, on what they'll have to pay once they buy the business on the real expenses. Um, and, uh, but, but you, at the end, your job and our job is, is to present uh, the, the real numbers as accurate as we can. Um, and, and there's a lot of negotiation going on around the PL because every dollar, you know, can be $5, $6, $7, uh, with, with the multiples. So the numbers really, really count. Um, and, uh, and that's a lot of the time of our, you know, M&A team is, is negotiating, uh, those numbers. Um, and to answer your, your question about, the, the deck. Uh, I think the the purpose of uh, of this what we call marketing deck or investor deck is is the real term. Um, the it's it's presenting what you can't see from just looking at at your account, right? When you look at the business uh, on Amazon, you don't see that, for example, this business has uh, a patent. Okay, this business has uh, copyrights that you can you actually removed all the competitors a year ago. Um, that there is I don't know five products that you intend to launch very soon. Um, you know, all these things are things that that you cannot see. Um, for example, you had, I don't know, you had expenses this year that the buyer won't have because you, you know, you, uh, you didn't plan it well. And so you had to ship to airship, right? All these things need, can be, and should be in the deck. Um, and, and you, and if you don't have them, then they don't understand the real value of your business. So that's why we're, we're busy. It takes us a month to prepare all this, um, to, to get ready for sale and really tell the story. So, yeah, I think there's actually two interesting ad backs that may affect a lot of people right now. Um, I believe container prices have kind of dropped back mm -hmm. to, um, you know, almost pre pandemic level. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, a lot of people were paying a lot of extra money just to get product, um, yeah. over to the U S so um, that's one. And I think another, uh, you'll have to tell me this is true, but like there is conversation about some of those 
those Chinese tariffs uh, mm -hmm. going away um, or like reducing them. And that that's another like uh, big add back because, you know, we've been paying significant tariffs. Many, many mm -hmm. Amazon sellers have. Uh, mm -hmm. over the Some of them are actually not paying the tariff and that's a problem. Oh, but that's boy. a different topic. <laughs> I wish that was I wish that was my problem. <laughs> not the problem and we've seen that uh, in the past is that um, sometimes the freight forwarder and you know and whoever handles your your shipment um, declares something that's not completely accurate. Uh, not the you know the right HS codes and and so you gain from it and you pay less on an ongoing basis you don't even know sometimes or you know and you don't want to know and but then the buyer when they do a due diligence they find out about it and and you know and they'll tell you it's okay that you've done it but uh, you know we have to calculate your real profit uh, if you did pay those, uh, oh, those that's like a reverse ad back. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, but to go back to what you're referring to, that's exactly what I'm talking about. The, the negotiation that you have, nothing is given. It's not like you can come and say, Hey, you know, now the container price has gone down in the last two months. So let's annualize that. And, you know, here's my profit. It's it's not how it works, um, and, and I think what you need to to you need to make a case, and whatever is reasonable and that you can really prove and make sense to a buyer uh, would pass. If you have enough demand, more would pass. Um, and and but if you're it's you and one buyer and and you know and you're trying to say yeah this month the the container went down who knows if it will um, stay that way right but it feels like sometimes like yeah in the in the um, bidding phase you know uh, it feels like the seller has more uh, control more oh, but after LOI you know it gets to a spot where like you know the um, the seller doesn't want to like, they want, they don't want to go to another, uh, they, they don't want to re re undo that process, but, um, a buyer is just going to try and like, you know, chinsel it down as, as much as right. possible. It's uh, called a deal fatigue. There's a, a term for that. It, and the more you're advanced in the process and the more, you know, you went through the diligence and all the file and you're exhausted after a month, even when we hold your hand and when it's always very difficult. Um, the the big advantage, I think, of, of working with an investment bank is that, you know, you're stronger. Um, if they're not closing the deal or trying to, you know, completely change the deal, you go to the next one because you received five, six, seven, 12 other offers. Um, and, and, and when that happens, and it happened, by the way, um, then the second one needs to know they're the second and you move much faster. You, you already have all the documents ready by then. Um, so, um, so yeah, you need to be ready for that. And, you know, last year we've had several deals that we've done twice and one of them was even three times, but they closed, they all closed. Um, so all, you know, all got offered. What, what, what's a way for, uh, the seller to like push back? when the buyer is chinseling it down like obviously there's the threat of like well you know we'll just go to sales to someone else we don't feel like yep. you're upholding with your uh initial terms uh, mm -hmm. but like you know uh, it's all a negotiation yep um is that their only card that they can hold is just a walk or it's you know at the end it's uh 
it's a relationship and it's a long one. When you sell a car, you won't see the guy anymore and, you know, bye-bye, right? When you sell an Amazon business, first of all, you're in an environment, okay? If you're an aggregator and you buy again and again, and you'll do this once and you'll do this twice, people will start hearing about how you react and then the fact that you actually sign LOIs and, and you don't continue with those LOIs. And there are buyers with that name. Um, so you start, you, you know, your name is important if you actually want to buy again and again. We also have, you know, when we're involved, we have the knowledge power. Um, so there are buyers that we know are are more dangerous than others. And, and that's an information that the, the seller gets. And, and they have to take that into account when they take the offer. Um, they want, by the way, sometimes they don't take the highest possible offer. Uh, sometimes they take the second one because it's less risky. Um, so at the end, you know, sometimes when you're at the end of the end and maybe you didn't have many offers, there's not much you can do but to try and negotiate. Um, but sometimes you have to be strong and just do it again um, and, and close with the next one. When when you have someone who, who helps you, it happens much less, of course. Um, yeah, most the time people talk about you know, due diligence, selling a business is just like, uh, like it's tough. It's yeah. like, uh, you, by the end, you're just so tired of it. Yeah. Um, do you guys do anything to like shield, uh, the, the, the seller from like having to like, you know, be questioned infinitely? No, I mean, it, it, it's not, it, it's not infinitely. Okay. Uh, it, it's, they, there's usually there's, uh, there are clear questions with, with questionnaires. Uh, I haven't seen a case where it was, you know, too much. It's always difficult. And I wish we could go into the seller's computer and just pull out, you know, all the documents ourselves and do it ourselves. But, but we're here to, you know, to try and, and, and prepare that the, you know, the documents with the person and try to make it as smooth as we can, you know, when you're prepared when you know what's going to happen, uh, it's much easier than when you're in the dark. It's, uh, it, you know, I, I, when I went to the army, we, you know, we were always in Israel, you, you, you go to the army and you always talk about wait, when you walk, I don't know, 10, 12 kilometers, whatever you walk, if you don't know when the end is and how long it is, it's a nightmare. You feel like it's the longest that you could ever walk. Uh, but but when yeah but when you're the commander and you know exactly when it ends it's super easy and it's the same you're both walking one next to the other um, so our our job is really to make things uh, just easier and for you to be well prepared this is what's going to happen this is what they're going to ask here you see they're asking that let's do it let until tomorrow let's do this and that um, and then and then it's just easier most sellers will tell you it's a nightmare <laughs> but yeah but you know you you spend a week on this nightmare or two weeks on this nightmare and then you get five ten twenty millions um you'll be okay i hear you well um where what's the future look like <laughs> um for our space <laughs> yeah yeah that's the que the big question where, where are you investing your time and uh effort it's a good question. We, you know, we stay in our space. We're seeing the, the, you know, the industry shifting to larger businesses. So 
we have grown and and you know and focused on helping uh, larger businesses as well uh, but we're also in the last year we've been helping many um, DTC businesses uh, software um, so that's kind of has been our the the little small changes uh, in in the last year uh, but we're still focusing you know Amazon we really believe in Amazon, you know, there's my law firm as well. It's very, very focused. And when you see Amazon's growth, uh, when you see the e-commerce growth and Amazon's growth within it, the the flywheel of um, e-commerce, it's hard to imagine that things won't continue as they are. Um, I imagine the the multiples will be uh, maybe a little higher than they are right now, um, but very stable. Awesome. Interesting. Well, um, it, it is certainly, you know, I'm fine with like, you know, things getting to a more uh, uh, level and, you know, not so much activity. When you get to a certain size and you're trying to sell that you need help like you need to like you need analysts that like can actually look at your business from a different perspective that's why you know even it was a team of two at least it was like someone else besides me that was painting um the story so i you know i'd love to like the crisis yeah yeah i'd love to i'd love to be a fly in the wall of you know (laughs) for your analysts and see just what, what they talk about and and how they do their process because uh, I think a lot of the Amazon sellers can learn from it. Yeah, and the and again, the analyst part is is just the beginning of the process. You analyze it, and then you start the process. Uh, so I, I think uh, if you wanna if you wanna be on the wall, uh, then uh, then I would I would look at the entire process. I really look at the sellers and what you know what they're going through, uh, what they're dealing with on Amazon. Uh, and then having to deal with, uh, you know, with uh, with the deal at the same time is, is is really not easy. And that's, you know, that's where that's why we started Fortunate because we felt they they needed someone to hold their hand, not just you know posting them on on a website, but really holding their hand. Um, so yeah. Well, um, yeah. Well, I like to finish on asking people what the most important tool that they use for running their business. So um, you run a very different type of business, not actually a seller, but what what tool is the most important for you to? Uh... Uh, yeah, uh, we're using many tools. Uh, our main one is Salesforce because we, you know, we had we created our own kind of tool to to target. You know, you get a business and you want to target it to specific buyers. Uh, so our distribution and everything goes through Salesforce. I can't say I like Salesforce between you and I. I, I hate <laughs> the, I hate that tool. But uh, but that's that's our tool. We also use uh, Monday, uh, which which we love. Um, okay. So um, we have an interface with our clients uh, on on Monday, which is really really helpful. Um, and we also recommend you know small tools to to track the the P and L you know like seller board, seller legend, and all these tools. Yeah, so, yeah, perfect. Well, uh, thank you so much for coming on, and um, it's always good to hear an update and actually like a friendly update that uh, you know deals are still happening. And yeah. um, so um, you know your your two businesses, you know. Like, you know, your law firm for intellectual property and trademark and fortunate. 
So mm-hmm. um, if anyone of you guys want to learn more, um, Yale has been in the industry for a long time and uh, you, you could definitely learn a lot by reaching out. Uh, that uh, makes up this week's episode. And thank you everyone for uh, listening in. And I hopefully, you know, your Q4 in the end of 2022 goes smoothly without uh, too many uh, interruptions. Um, okay. Thanks for everyone and uh, stay tuned for next week. Thank you. Thanks, Scott. One, two, three. Yeah.